Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, Monday, May 10th edition of the Monday Check-In. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, uh, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Cannot believe that it's already May 10th, although the uh, thermometer would not suggest as such, would it? It's a little bit nippy out there. It is a little bit chilly. I got distracted because the postal delivery employee just delivered the post. <laughs> so Damon's sitting on his front porch joining you, and uh, I'm sitting in my office here at the church, and we're excited to be here with you for the Monday check-in, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, Damon usually does this introduction, so I'm going to see how I can do, okay? <laughs> yeah. This is a time that we take to uh, offer a brief prayer and then uh, do a scripture study on the scripture that will be preached on the following Sunday. And then we follow that up with uh, some announcements on what's going on in the life of the church and then close again with a word of prayer. How'd I do, Damon? I think you did pretty well. And I just realized what the post person posted at my house. I think it's a stencil um, for a, a clock that I've been making. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and we didn't know that Damon was a clockmaker. Yeah. It's only taken me almost a year to do it. Um, but I'm actually, I used, um, so last year for go and serve when we didn't have go and serve, um, because of the pandemic stuff, but we had already agreed to redo part of the marshes, uh, front porch. And we, so that we had to pull boards off there. You were there for that day. I was. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I scavenged some of those boards that we used and then sort of cut them down and, and I've used them to to make a clock. So that's really cool. Yeah. So fun fact. It's all it's all coming together here on the Monday check-in. Is that clock going to end up in your office or at your house? Uh, it'll be at the house most likely. Okay. Well, so. there it is. It does all come together at some point or another, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Uh, am I doing the opening prayer? You are. Okay. Let me let me do that then. Loving and gracious God. Uh, I thank you for uh, for the ways that your love connects us um, together. I reflect back on the sermon from this past Sunday, and I reflect back on on the last year um, that that we've spent together in in First Pres and our life together, and uh, and maybe beyond the walls of First Pres as well, our, our life together as pilgrims of faith. Thank you for drawing us to one another. Thank you for drawing us to your son, Jesus the Christ. As we study your word revealed in scripture this morning, may we continue to be drawn together and may we continue to be drawn towards you. In your loving and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to go slightly off lectionary for just, this week. Just slightly though. By six verses. Uh, by six verses. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've been sort of in this post Easter season, walking primarily through the gospel of John uh, with a few other smatterings. And, and again, we follow this revised common lectionary, which is the uh, prescribed set of readings for uh, a lot of mainline Protestant churches. And uh, the lectionary this week provided us John 17, because we've been working through Jesus uh, treatise, his discourse, his sermon, to his disciples before his uh, arrest, trial, death, and resurrection. 
which falls from John 13 to John 17. So we're at the very tail end of this. And the lectionary had suggested that we do John 17, was it like nine through 19? And yes, uh, Damon and I said, why not do John 17, 20 through 26? So we're going to pick up right there. Uh, and hopefully this will be a familiar passage to you uh, for those of you who stuck with us through our Lenten devotional guide. And I'll turn things over to Damon to read the passage. Okay. Uh, so John 17, 20 through 26 uh, reads something like this. And this is Jesus speaking. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe me, believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be, may be in them and I in them. Here ends that reading of scripture. Uh, and we also have a little bit from Colossians. Should I read that now as well? Yeah, might as well. Okay. Uh, so from Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 15. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if any has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in the one body, and be thankful. And that is how that reading ends as well. Greg, what do you got? Uh, just the lovely symmetry between this and really what we've been studying uh, all through Lent and even through this season of Easter. Um, I've been preaching this sermon series um, about living in a post-resurrection world. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ after the resurrection? And um, I love how this sort of, this will bring that sermon series to a close because the following Sunday, uh, the 23rd, will be um, Pentecost Sunday, where we will celebrate uh, the birth of the church and the Holy Spirit descending to give birth to the church. And so what does it mean to live as followers of Christ after Christ's resurrection? And I think these two verses really beautifully sum up what we've been talking about, uh, which is this overwhelming theme of love, um, as well as the call to live together in unity. And uh, the John passage, what jumped out at me, um, and we've read this passage a number of times uh, over the last few months, we, it was in our Lenten devotional guide and, and whatnot, but what jumped out at me was, uh, was that the, the unity is 
and in verse 21, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the unity is uh, in 23, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So our call to unity is the body of Christ. Our call to Christian unity is so that we can witness the love of God to the world. Um, and that that's the portion that jumped out at me in this reading of John 17 this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so when Kyle and I used that in our Latin devotional, and there is there is a totality to that statement that is that when you really sort of sit down and think about it is a very high bar, right? I, you know, in verse 23, that they may become completely one. Um, so this is Jesus offering a prayer to God on behalf of his disciples, but not only those disciples, but all of those who will believe in Jesus through the word of the disciples, right? Um, as this prayer that, that these disciples, these followers be completely united is when you really what does that mean how is that even possible we can't decide what color tie is the best color tie to wear on a Sunday morning how are we gonna do that and I like that Colossians adds some uh, realness to it maybe for lack of a better way I like this, this bear with one another <laughs> in verse 13 of the Colossians, Colossians passage that, that not everything is going to be smooth all the time. And not everything is, all decisions are just going to be really obvious. What's the right thing to do as a community of faith? And, and people are going to step on each other's toes and people are going to offend one another, whether they mean to or not, or someone's going to, do one thing and the other person's going to think that's a completely wrong thing um, to do. So like the, there's this sense of being a part of a community, being a part of a family of faith is, I like that, there, that there's something that's sort of burdensome, <laughs> I guess, about it, that um, it's not just all smooth waters right that so what does it actually take to be united together well it takes forgiveness and it takes compassion and kindness and humility um to be able to admit when we don't know as much as i want to know (laughs) or as i think that i know about something um i like the contextualizing maybe uh, that that the Colossians passage seems to offer to this. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, that this this notion we use a phrase in Presbyterianism: mutual forbearance, right? Bearing mm. with one another through the highs and lows, uh, recognizing we're not all going to come uh, to the same conclusion all the time, and so we mutually forbear with one another. And you're right; it was almost by accident, quite honestly, that we paired these two passages together. But it's like Jesus articulates the ideal yeah right complete unity and then paul is writing to an early christian community probably 20 to 30 years after jesus death and 
we realize that we haven't quite achieved that ideal. And so Paul puts some nuts and bolts on, okay, to get to this unity that Jesus calls us to, here's what we got to do. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Bear with one another. If you have a complaint, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all, close yourselves with love. And that will lead to that which you indeed were called into the one body. So we, we come back to this theme of unity, but we've got some, some pointers, some tips, some suggestions on how to achieve that unity. Jesus sets the ideal and Jesus through his life and ministry certainly gives us pointers and tips and ideas on how to achieve unity, right? But, but Paul's kind of in the trenches day to day with an early Christian community who realizes that that ideal is hard to achieve. And so here's, here's how we get there. Here, here are some ways that we can, can get there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's interesting to me also that, um, you know, so the, the passage from John, you know, takes place in the gospel um, sort of in the run-up to Jesus' trial and uh, execution, um, whatever you want, death on a cross, I suppose. Um, and, you know, and in the gospel narrative, Jesus, Jesus knows that this is what's coming, right? Uh, Jesus knows that there is this time of hardship, um, coming upon the community, not just to him, but coming upon the community of, of faithful believers as well. Um, and in the midst of that offers this prayer on their behalf, right? That they might be united so that they might, I would imagine, be able to make it through this, the, the trauma that they are about to experience, that they might be able to lean on each other for support and for compassion and um, for uh, to, to buttress one another, I suppose. Um, yeah, so, we're, so there's something, there's something beautiful about that to me as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good stuff. And, and again, sort of ties us Puts, puts a neat bow on what we've been talking about throughout the season of Lent and then at Easter season or Easter morning and then throughout the season of Easter um, of, of living as Christ followers uh, and living as resurrection people. And um, like I said yesterday uh, in my sermon, this call to love and love self-sacrificially, it's, it's actually pretty simple to understand. It's straightforward. It doesn't require a lot of interpretation. We don't have to do a Greek study on any of the words, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's not easy to do and uh, to follow. And so it's nice that Paul provides us a little bit of a roadmap there. Yeah, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to love one another all the time. And it's also really really obvious and clear <laughs> when it's not being done, right? In particular, it's obvious and clear to folks outside of the community um, when, it's not, when it's not being done. And this passage from John, you kind of mentioned this at the start of the conversation, Greg, hits on this, like one of the things that is oftentimes a critique of the church from folks uh, who are outside of the church is they, they see churches as doing a lot of bickering 
uh, with one another and, and not being terribly kind to one another. And, and that diminishes the witness of the church, that diminishes the witness of the community of faith, that diminishes their authority. This is the community that is asking us to live by love, and but they can't love one another. <laughs> so why would I listen to what they have to say? Um, you know, and here Jesus, you know, he, he prays that they might be one so that others might believe through their, through their witness, through their testimony. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can present a united front that is grounded in self-sacrificial love, that will be a powerful witness to the world. If we can't present a united front that is grounded in self-sacrificial love, we're not going to be a very attractional community that people are going to want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, and what I perceive to be one of the great strengths of our church right now is that on the whole, we're doing a pretty good job of uh, caring for and loving our community. And, and that's how we're becoming known in the community. Um, and that indeed is attractional. Uh, for those of you who picked up our church newsletter this last week uh, with this confirmation class that just joined, we've, we've added 106 new members to the church in four years. Um, that, that suggests that we're a community that people want to be a part of. Uh, because we are presenting a united front grounded in self-sacrificial love, grounded in patience and kindness and humility, me meekness and, 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 and all of that. Do we get it right all the time? Of course not. <laughs> we are sinners and we are fallen people. But uh, at the end of the day, we keep trying and we don't give up. And the more often that we can present that united front grounded in this kind of self-sacrificial love, uh, I think the more often people will be drawn to that and realize that this is something that's worth worth pursuing, worth believing and worth following. This Jesus Christ, uh, if we're living like Christ, that is attractional, even up to and including this notion of self-sacrificial love, right? Yeah. So uh, you think this will preach? I think it'll preach. Um, should, I, should I let him in on the little secret here that I have to preach two sermons this week. <laughs> and uh, one of them is at the baccalaureate service at Hastings College, where we celebrate our grads and, and send them out into the world. And so the Colossians passage was the one that I picked for the baccalaureate service. Uh, and, and so I'm going to do a little double duty as I study and write on these scriptures, both preparing for baccalaureate as well as for our Sunday service. And I think it will all tie together nicely. Um, and I completely forgot that the Colossians, uh, 3.14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony goes pretty well with that, uh, love and ligaments sermon I preached last week, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It seems like there was a song during the service that was, uh, blessed be the tie that binds. Our hearts in Christian love, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, should so we, uh, switch gears. Let's do it. Uh, Christian Ed uh, has ended for the year. Uh, our last uh, last lesson was posted for last Sunday, May second, and uh, we had a delightful picnic in Libs Park on Wednesday. It was the first time we've done an in-person Christian Ed event all year, and it was amazing to see the kids uh, interacting with each other. We had a uh, quite an epic kickball game, I would say. Um, yeah, it was very. It was very Iliad-esque, I would say. It was very, 
<laughs> Took um, a long time for me to get home. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, but uh, so Christian Ed will be on a bit of a hiatus now for now until uh, the fall. We are hoping and praying that we'll be back to in-person Christian Ed in the fall, both Wednesday Night Live and Sunday School. Uh, in the meantime, we do have Vacation Bible School coming up. Uh, that is June 1st through 3rd. Uh, you can still sign up for that. Uh, your kids or your grandkids, we also need volunteers to sign up for that. We are going to be doing that outdoors on the green space in front of the Masonic Center. And so uh, and it, uh, we will ask everyone to wear face masks. So it should be COVID friendly or not COVID friendly. It should be COVID. COVID should not like it. Should be, yeah. Code will be it like, should, ooh, ooh, I'm not going there. Yeah, uh, but we would love for volunteers, and we'd also love to get lots of kids there. It is a joint ministry with First United Methodist Church this year, and we're excited about it. So, uh, what else uh, did you mention? I think Heirs of Parent, we think, maybe has one more uh, class together before they take a break for the summer. That's one of our adult enrichment opportunities. And uh, we are... Uh, back to having in-person worship, and we are no longer using an RSVP system. Uh, we're really doing a hybrid worship uh, system, so where folks are welcome to come and join in person on Sunday mornings in the sanctuary. Uh, if you would like to come, you don't need to make a reservation. You can just show up. And we are also continuing to live stream the service on Facebook and continue with our radio broadcast and our uh, TV uh, tape delays, I suppose it were, uh, live on tape, perhaps. Um, so, and uh, all of those are entirely valid worship options. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, however, uh, in a few weeks, on May 30th, we are going to do a joint worship service with First United Methodist Church, and we're going to do that in Alexander Park, which is just north of our church on the northwest corner of 7th and Lincoln. Our church is on the southwest corner of 7th and Lincoln, um, and uh, we're excited for that. Uh, their pastor, Greg, is uh, retiring in mid-June, and so this will be our last chance to worship together with their pastor, Greg, at the helm. Uh, he and I will do a, some sort of a dialogue sermon or something. Uh, and we just wanted one last opportunity to worship together. He has been such a great partner in ministry for us. Um, and First United Methodist will continue to be a great partner in ministry for First Pres. But we're, uh, we're grateful for that partnership and want to celebrate that partnership. So it'll be worship service 1030 in Alexander Park. Bring your own chairs or blankets. And we'll encourage you as well to bring a um, picnic basket. And after worship, people can stay in the park and enjoy a picnic. Everyone brings their own food, so we're not going to worry about uh, COVID or anything. And uh, people can have some fellowship and fun and food, and it should be delightful. Yeah, should be good. And then after that service, we will start our summon, summer things. Uh, so we're going to do a children's literature sermon series again. Uh, we do have our books all set for that in place. Um, but if folks have other ones they'd like to draw to our attention, they're certainly welcome to do so. Maybe we'll find a way to sneak them onto a podcast or something. And then we also are going to do the Summer Sermon Song Series once again this uh, summer. So if you have a, a secular piece of music uh, that you think, oh, this might make for an interesting sermon, or let's see what these these two doofuses can make out of this one. 
Uh, we'll send that one in as well. That's fine. I don't, I'm up for a challenge. I don't mind. Um, so folks can can look for, uh, we're going to be sharing, I think probably pretty soon, at least the, the books that we're going to use for yes. the summer. And uh, folks can start to look for some of the songs that we're thinking about for the for the summer as well. So. And we're still taking suggestions for songs. So please send yes. those our way. Yep, yep. That's everything on the list. All right. Should we close with prayer? I think so. All right. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for your love, which is the tie that binds us all together as the body of Christ. It's also the tie that binds this world together. Continue to bless and guide us with your love. Let us receive your love and then let us become agents of your love in the world. Bless and guide our study of your scripture and help us to go live that scripture out in the world in whatever way you are calling us to do so. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, I'm going to go check out my stencil. And until next time, toodaloo.